The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here for the third or fourth episode now of One Last Thing with my co-host Slava Cooperstein. Slava, Slava, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. How are you? Life's good. And uh, we're going to talk about the pass rush today a little bit. And I, I want you to kind of set this up, uh, you know, philosophically how you would. But the Ravens obviously coming out of the Calais Campbell era uh, and now... Uh, starting down a new track, and, and it, it involves a lot of self-examination, but talk, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I think this is something that um, Ravens fans have sort of picked up on over the years and just watching guys like Zadarius Smith and and uh, Matt Judon sort of leave the Ravens and have, um, you know, uh, their, their more, most successful years after leaving the Ravens and what that means, if that means anything. Um, so, you know, I sort of took a look at um, uh, how the Ravens view uh, pass rush just generally in terms of talent evaluation, developing that talent, and then how they implement that talent. Um, so, you know, when it comes to talent evaluation, I, I think, you know, in recent years, of, of course, the Ravens have, um, I mean, going back to Zadarius Smith and Judon and Bowser, um, later round picks, although I think Bowser was a second, if I'm not mistaken. Bowser was a two, yep. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they hit on all of those guys. Um, so, it, but, but more recently, uh, they, you know, selected Owe in the first, uh, Ojabo uh, as a pretty high second-round pick. And uh, we've yet to see the returns that were, we would have hoped to have seen from those guys. I mean, Ojabo, not quite fair, uh, given that he uh, had, had an Achilles last year, but, you know, haven't really seen him splash in the preseason. Um, so, you know, I think, I think a lot of Ravens fans are kind of antsy about that. Um, at, at this juncture. Yeah. I mean, it's, there are, uh, uh, <laughs> the draft picks have been up and down, frankly. I mean, I, I think the OA pick is still going to be a good one. I'm very bullish on his season this year, but uh, setting him aside, obviously, who's the most draft capital expended, they've done very well on their late round picks. Kamalai Correa is a guy that we have to acknowledge was, did not succeed as an outside linebacker pick, uh, but Houston did. And, uh, uh, Tim Williams did not. A lot of people had him higher in the draft uh, than he went to the Ravens and obviously ended up being one of the biggest uh, um, 
I think if if I were to uh, you know try and understand why John Harbaugh didn't love the guy, it's probably a work ethic issue, uh, is what it came down to. So they've, I mean, I, I think they've had some, some some good and some bad. I, I I wonder. This is one thing maybe we need to talk about is how much of it is a problem of talent selection. How much of is how much of it a problem is is talent development, and how much of it of the problem is really resource allocation. So, so it it seems it seems to me that the talent evaluation is pretty sound. Um, I think that. Uh, if you look at, um, if you look at the, uh, first of all, the results from those earlier guys, uh, Smith and Judon later round picks, um, paid off really, really well, uh, to the extent that they priced themselves out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact, you know, the fact that they sort of had an uptick in productivity or the type of productivity that, um, we're talking about specifically, which is pass rush, um, on other teams, uh, I, I think speaks more towards how they uh, how those players have been implemented and used in in the other uh, in the other uh, teams, and so and not so much that we didn't evaluate or develop the talent ourselves. Um, and then and then looking to Owe and Ojabo, I think that they just sort of ha- have had some circumstances that uh, have, have sort of. Uh, made, you know, the first couple of years of their careers or first year of their career uh, less uh, productive than we might have liked. Um, and I think that the Ravens have acknowledged that with the, with the hire of Chuck Smith. Uh, but, but they've also expressed confidence, I think, in those players as well as some of their interior pass rushers by letting free agent pass rushers go. We don't have um, uh, Houston on the team anymore. We uh, even though it was probably more of a financial decision with Calais Campbell, he's not on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. They didn't really bring in a pass rush specialist, you know, as much as Clowney is billed as that he's really, I, I think more brought in for edge setting and then can give you a little bit in, in the pass rush. So I think they're bullish on Owe and Ojabo having good years as well as some of their young guys on the interior. They, I, I think the hire of Chuck Smith is really more. So we want to make sure that we, get the most out of our high draft pick investments in those players. Yes. Um, Well, it's, you certainly have tremendous young talent when you have those two in OE and Ajabo, or at least you have prospectively uh, tremendous young talent. You want, you do want to make sure that goes through, but position coaches in general just are absolutely one of the best investments you can make. They're outside the cap and, if, when they work out and they develop players, you know, you, you pan gold from potentially nothing um, or you, you, you know, refine what you've got in the case of Owe and Ajaba, who are supposed to be both very good. Um, I have, I'm, you know, I have a hard time really separating exactly what's here. I, I think the Ravens have been right to back away from the table on the pass rushers. They did uh, even Zadarius Smith, who, who did turn out to be terrific in green Bay, um, it's, it's just an awful lot of money and it's just a sad truth of running an NFL franchise that if you're a very good drafting franchise, you're going to have to say goodbye to some very good players. And so Matt Judon, his commentary since he's left the Ravens seems to be still pretty salty to the organization in terms of, um, you know, the not wanting to uh, pay players for their second contracts. Well, you know, they paid some. 
And, you know, they're in a position where they really had to pay Lamar Jackson and they were kind of planning ahead for that, but they've, uh, they've had to, they have to make choices and this is a difficult thing. And I know fans don't like it. And, and it's, it's heartbreaking when you have to lose these players who have meant so much to you, but it's the fate of every good drafting team is that you have to lose some of these guys. Well, and, and also I think the context is that the Ravens had um, the option of uh, retaining Bowser for significantly less, mm-hmm. um, less money than uh, Judon. And, you know, I think it turned out to be a pretty, pretty sound decision financially. Yeah. Sound decision financially. Bowser's been a Bowser's been certainly a terrific player. And I want to, I want to talk about Tyus in terms of the 23 pass rush because his absence to start the season is a very significant problem for the Ravens. But uh, is there anything we're missing on the kind of the philosophical end of this before we take a look at 2023? You know, the, the only thing that I kind of, you know, still think about, and I don't know that there's a real answer to this, but uh, in terms of Smith and Judon seemingly, having uh more success in their respective teams that they went on to you know do you do you have any thoughts as to that because i mean i think i think when they leave to go to you know these new teams they're still ascending players so naturally they seem to progress naturally but i think uh you know perhaps the way that their responsibilities are laid out in those defensive schemes uh contributed to a little bit more uh, pass rush success, quote unquote, um, um, than they would have for the Ravens. I, Judon, in particular, had a lot of responsibility for the Ravens when he was playing. He did, um, and and you know the Ravens had kind of an embarrassment of riches in when they had both uh, Judon and Bowser at the same time in in terms of what they had with two Sam linebackers on the same team who were both near the top of the NFL in terms of their coverage ability. Um, I, you know, he moved to a similar situation where he's the only guy, but he's still playing effectively a Sam role in new England. Um, I, I don't know that, that I would point to that as a, uh, big difference. They may have focused more of their scheme on him on trying to get him good matchups to go. So that may have been possible. I can't really speak to that, but I do, I do think that, um, uh, you know, having two Sam linebackers should have been something the Ravens were able to really leverage into something much more effective when you could drop from either side, when you can line people up off the line of scrimmage. And they did a lot of that, by the way, with Judon in his final year in Baltimore. Give him all sorts of flexibility lining up off the line of scrimmage and, and making plays. They've done some of it with Bowser since. Um, it, it, in the case of Smith, he was an ascending pass rusher. Just he matured a little bit late. And he was getting a lot of quarterback hits uh, in, I think it was 2017. And then he converted that to sacks in his fourth years. It's not like we haven't seen this before. And it's not, in fact, like it's not a path away is on right now where he's, he's getting a lot of pressures. It's just not finishing right now. Um, And that's, you know, that's obviously not something Ravens fans are are particularly happy with, but one of the reasons I'm so bullish on away for this year is that the pressure numbers are very good. Even when the sack totals and the finishes are not, and that has an effect on the opponent's passing game that is less visible to many fans, but it, but it has an effect and, and has a, uh, a positive portent for the future that is, that is you know, I, I think very good. And I, I think it's clear that the Ravens value, as they should, team sack totals mm-hmm. more than they do an individual player sack total. So even though you might not see, you know, double-digit sack numbers from a, s- a single player, um, although we, I think we could see that this year if uh, if 
you know, if certain guys develop properly, um, you know, at the end of the day, you might see a bunch of players with seven sacks, five sacks, four sacks. And, and that's what the Ravens care about. It's the, the team result. Yeah. And, and they, they had a good sack total. They were able to do it with a, with a variety of scheme elements last year. I mean, the, the fact that they rush uh, off the edge as much as they do is really a tribute to Bowser. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, okay. Well, let's look at some numbers for Tyus Bowser. Cause I think it's time to maybe talk about 2023 a little bit. Bowser's obviously going to miss at least the first four games. Um, right. As a, Sam linebacker, he has a lot of rush res- or pass coverage responsibilities that go with the rush. And those coverage responsibilities are very important because they allow for flexibility for the Ravens to rush from other positions. And they specifically allow it in Bowser's case because he's the best coverage outside linebacker in the game. But in his career, he's rushed 1,158 snaps and he's dropped to cover 555. That's a cover rate of 32.3%. He's also had 19 and a half sacks, which ain't bad. 1.7% of rush snaps, he's taken the quarterback down. I want to provide some context for that. Jadavian Clowney, obviously just coming to the to the Ravens. Some question is how you exactly classify, but he's going to play on the edge for the for, for the Ravens. He's rushed the quarterback 3,416 times in his career. It's almost exactly three times as often as Bowser. And he's dropped to cover 116 times. Uh for a cover rate of 3.3%. Now, he's played a 4-3 end a lot of that time, so you would see less cover normally, but still, that's amazing. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret, and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Amazing in terms of the of the difference in, in how he's been used. And here's the big number. While he's got 43 career sacks, he's only sacked the quarterback on 1.3% of rush snaps. So not, I mean, less than less often than Bowser. And it just shows you, you can't really look at sack totals per se, although cloudy sack totals haven't been all that impressive in a number right. of years. But uh, uh, he, Bowser's importance to this team cannot be understated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and cannot be overstated, sorry. Right, right. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that, um, you know, we've got some good fortune and some, some misfortune in the first four weeks. Uh, you do have two rookie quarterbacks, which I think will provide an opportunity for uh, a little bit more flexibility um, uh, for McDonald in terms of how he schemes against them. You show some more exotic packages, even with the absence of Bowser. But then uh, against the Bengals, which is week two, I think 
you're really going to see how limiting not having Bowser out there is going to be. Uh, I think it's going, in a lot of ways, I think it's going to be a very vanilla defensive scheme, just sort of sound fundamentals. Everybody needs to be in their spot and keep everything in front of them. Um, that sounds very risky <laughs> in terms <laughs> of, of what the Ravens have in the secondary, honestly. Uh, you know, one of the things that the Ravens have lost with Calais Campbell, obviously, is that interior presence, the ability for someone to step up uh, and drive the pass rush from there. The Ravens have had various players over the years, Sam Adams, Pernell McPhee, one of my favorites, of course, uh, who, who've been outstanding at driving the pass rush from the inside. But Calais may have been the best. And he was a uh, unbelievable player in terms of, of his own, own ability to get there, uh, his durability in terms of being on the field all the time, and the fact that you know when he lined up at a three, pretty much there's there's no guard who could easily handle him. Uh, who's the guy for the Ravens this year? Is it is it Jones? Uh, realistically, yeah, I think they're banking on Jones, but I but but also going hand in hand with that is. Um, is uh, Michael Pierce uh, staying healthy? Mm-hmm. Michael Pierce does show more um, pass rush and explosiveness than I think people realize. Uh, he he was definitely um, I think uh, notably better in the in in those areas than uh, Brandon Williams was. Brandon Williams really was just a just a really good run stopper, um, and so you know I think if you have Jones and Pierce lined up next to each other, I think that's quite a bit for any offensive line to handle. And particularly, I mean, you're going to look at, um, uh, it's, it's a really good opportunity for the Ravens defense to show some things ahead of that week two um, battle against, uh, against the Bengals um, against a uh, really uh, injured offensive line in uh, for the Texans. Uh, yeah. So I think they're really going to test the interior of that line because I think it's, it was at the center and the left guard are both injured. They have five guys injured on the line, and I, I couldn't tell you where everybody is supposed mm-hmm. to play if healthy, but uh, but it just did the Know Your Foe episode, and and yeah, there's there's five individual injuries there. Yeah, so it's a it's a pretty tremendous opportunity for them to not only um, not only you know try some things, but just show some different different things and give the uh, Bengals something to think think about. But I but I do think that the interior pass rush is going to be a tremendous part of the Ravens' plan this season and. Um, hopefully, Travis Jones, just looking the way that he has, he 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 really does seem like an ascending player. Right? He he seems to be hitting his stride at the exact right time, and um, and uh, I think he's going to have a big opportunity uh, against the Texans. Yeah, he uh, he certainly should. And of course, Justin Matabike don't want to short shrift him at all. Obviously, in a contract year, oftentimes the Ravens have gotten just outstanding performances from their pass rushers in their contract year. So we look forward to another one there, even if the Ravens. Won't be able to afford him. No, no way, no how. Right. Uh, you know, after this year, that that's uh, still the way you want your star players to go out. Um, Matabike and Jones, between the two of them, depending on how they use. And you mentioned Pierce's health is key to this. If Pierce can stay on that nose for most of the early down snaps, and on the obvious passing down snaps, you maybe only have one lineman, or maybe you have two again, and it's Jones and Matabike. Sure. Um, I, I don't think it can be, honestly. I think Jones has to play early downs only because he's got to rotate as well. But if if Jones and Matabike are basically rotating at that three-tech and maybe you have Broderick Washington becomes your your um, third-down nose, 
uh, that, that you use, or they bring other outside linebackers in and they do it the way they've done in the past and rush Genevian Clowney or, or a Jabo from the inside. Uh, I, I really think that three tech could be where the pass rush is driven from because Matabike uh, looks even more fit than he has in the past. Uh, he's, he's a handful for a, uh, uh, a single guard to handle. And uh, Pierce, I don't think there's anybody who can block him one-on-one. And, and I think the Ravens pass rush has to be kind of manufacturing the opportunities for him to play one-on-one for most of the year. Uh, and I know they, they, they it probably won't be entirely the case because of, because they'll need him at nose some, but Michael Pierce's health again playing very much into that in terms of, of how do you want to see that combination play out? And I just I think Pierce is going to be much more effective as a three tech than as a pure nose. Yeah, I, I think uh, particularly early on you're going to see you're going to see them try to generate as much pass rush from the from the inside as possible, and I think it's going to particularly with these rookie quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to really know what to do. They're going to panic, get flushed out of the pocket, and then you might see some some cleanup sacks from the edge guys. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I know that's certainly what the uh, Ravens brass is hoping for. Um, so, you know, it, it does depend on some guys staying healthy who are who have been a little bit questionable in the, in the past. But um, what, what, what can I say? You can't you – can't, uh, Wait, you can't hope for Bowser's return soon enough, right? Yeah, he's he's central to the entire thing. I mean, I, I know people have heard me say this on this show before, but I risk repeating myself from time to time on important points like this. Bowser, when he drops the coverage, he gives you all sorts of flexibility to rush off the slot, to rush from inside linebacker because he covers better than the inside linebackers do. So you can you can you can line those guys up in the A gap. Or you can bring them delayed, whatever you want to do, and it confuses the hell out of opposing offenses' lines when they get overloaded on the inside. It creates those single team matchups we've been talking about with Travis Jones. It allows you to rush off the slot when you have uh, Bowser dropping, and it allows you to rush from safety. Safety is one place I don't see the Ravens taking a lot of chances until they get Humphrey back at least blitzing from those positions. I think it's too important for them to play a lot of a lot of the cover two shell. Uh, and try and get home from there, which means that's inherently less things and offensive, less players and offensive line really has to be worried about figuring out how to block. Yeah, I think I, I think they need their secondary guys to stay home, particularly in that week two matchup. They're going to need all the help they can get on the back end. I mean, that's that's quite a receiving core uh, that they're going to have to be contending with. All right. Um, any other Things we want to talk about scheme-wise for the 23 Ravens that you think are are, are key. Well, how, how do you how do you think they're going to um, implement Clowney? Um, you know, what do you think his primary responsibilities are going to be? Early down, Sam, I would say, and um, to eat some snaps, and they'll probably play. You know, 55 percent of the snaps. Maybe I would think, maybe a little bit more. The Ravens always play these guys a little bit less, but, but outside linebackers, you know, the good ones have typically played between 60 and 70% of the snaps. Then I, I think he, he uh, is on the field somewhere on third down, but he may be an interior rusher. Uh, if they're bringing on a Jabo, Tavius Robinson, I don't really see him getting a lot of playing time this year, but he'll probably be active a few games. Um, and uh, um, uh, away, of course. So I, I think we may see a lot of three outside linebacker on, on um on passing downs it kind of makes sense to me given 
uh, who this team is. I don't know how much we're going to see of Jones, but I think you know his his production will basically set the path for his workload, and he could become one of the really worked heavily worked players. And the other guy I think they need to worry about is Matabike playing too many snaps because that was really a problem last year. And, and I hope they kind of find a way to keep him fresher and, and more rested, which is going to be difficult because there's going to be more total snaps to cover. Where does uh, Jeremiah Moon fit in? Is, is he even on the roster at this point? Did he get? I think I think he's practice squad now. Right, practice squad. So yeah. it's Malik Ham made the roster, and he's on IR. IR, yeah. So so he could be back, and and I th- I actually kind of thought that he was going to be. He was a guy they thought the injury was not as serious, and they were going to keep him around for the first week of the season. But now he went to IR, so he's not back until week five either. And uh, you know, it's it becomes a a more difficult thing. But that's an important midseason replacement for the Ravens, uh, Malik Ham, and and he's the right. one guy who's shown out a little bit as a reasonable possibility to be a Sam linebacker. Okay, let me be clear about this. I think OA can probably do it athletically. Uh, it just is really going to cut down on him as a pass rusher. And and I I think the Ravens need to create a cornerstone pass rusher at this point in in OA's career, and uh, would be well served not the not to move him to the Sam side. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're going like unless their hand is absolutely forced and whatever they're putting out there at the Sam spot is just completely falling short of of what they need. Mm-hmm. I think they really, really want to just you know have have a way and, and and Ojabo out there just you know pass rush set after pass rush set and uh, uh, you know hopefully it plays out that way because uh, in particular away, I mean, I think I. I you can almost you can almost feel it, right? You can almost sense OA is just like on the cusp of like turning, like you were saying, turning those pressures into quarterback hits, into sacks, um, and it would be really, you know, a, a really nice thing to see, uh, um, given you know how how the first two years have gone for him. Yeah. All right, uh, Slava, always a pleasure getting together to do this show. We'll be doing it all year, once per week, uh, looking at one topic that uh you know we haven't maybe given the depth we need to during the week during the season in general one problem may be emerging uh but i'm looking forward to uh talking with you each week about something new tell folks where they can talk football with you online i'm on twitter at slava cooperstein that's s-l-a-v-a-k-u-p-e-r-s-t-e-i-n and looking forward to speaking with you after our seven sack week one game (laughs) <laughs> well, me too. <laughs> they did that against the Texans a few years ago when Deshaun Watson was there. So that's good. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. I want to hear from you and uh, and do some more shows, even with a, a busy regular season schedule. I still have time for about one per week. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about your show idea. So for this week uh, and saying goodbye for Slava Cooperstein, this is Ken McCusick. I'll talk to you next week on One Last Thing. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.